3: I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull in somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Uh, if you want to make friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Now that we've gotten through October in one piece, we have reached the promised land. The kind of market where you can invest in 2021's best themes and then ride them through to year end. After a day where the Dow gained 94 points, S&P advanced 0.18%, and that's that climb, 0.63%, you need to understand that the stock market's filled with misperceptions. I mean, you don't sell in May and go away. You buy the stocks from the clowns who really believe in that nonsense. You don't feast on the summer rally because summers don't produce rallies. September seems benign, but it's actually a wolf in sheep's clothing. We've had a couple of crashes in October, but other than 87, 29 and 08, you know, it tends to be fine. But November. November is hallowed territory. November is the promised land. It's the land where Wall Street collectively decides what's going to be loved between now and the end of the year. Then those stocks don't look back and they're bought every time the market goes lower. So tonight I'm going to give you the skinny. I'm going to let you know stuff that no one else knows. I'm going to give you the themes with the idea that we'll flesh out the best ways to play them over the course of the week. Now, I like to say that this is the time of year where winners become anointed. A-N-O-I-N-T-E-D. Anointed. What does that mean? Well, it means the big institutional money managers, I mean, not the retail investors I love so much, but the big guys all those billions of dollars, they make up their minds about what worked in 2021 and what didn't and what will work therefore to the end of the season. That means the end of the year. And once they make up their minds they won't allow anything to shake them out. Not the Fed, not this week's non-farm payroll report. If the pass is any guy, then for the next two months these groups that I'm about to give you, that's right, that I'm going to give you tonight, these groups will be borderline unstoppable. And with that in mind, What stands to make Kramer's anointed list that, believe me, no one else has, but you are going to get in the next few minutes? All right, at the top, the number one theme is the automobile of the future. And in some cases, like Tesla, the present. This morning on Semiconductor reported a truly astonishing quarter that catapulted the stock into the stratosphere. Why? CEO Hossein el who's been on the show a number of times, called out vehicle electrification and advanced driver assistance systems before also throwing in industrial automation and transition to alternative energy. Those are all powerful mega, mega trends. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they got nothing to do with the Fed. They won't be buffeted by higher rates that can hurt housing, something we've already seen with Zillow, which made the extremely ill advised decision to start flipping houses at the top. And now it's possible they're underwater on two thirds of their inventory. No wonder Zillow announced they'll be selling 7,000 homes for $2.8 billion after putting their flipping enterprise on hiatus. You don't believe to, to that right now. It's not working. Not anointed. Oh, but electric vehicles. Oh, my EV. Advanced drive. Ah, ADAS. Whoa. Uh, These themes aren't going anywhere but higher. Other industries have to worry about Washington. This is one of the groups that could get subsidies if President Biden could pass his big spending bill because electric cars are better for the environment. We're going to talk about this with Secretary Raimondo from the Commerce Department later on the show. Obviously, Tesla's the most straightforward way to play it. I mean, feel like you need me. I, I, can we rename the show The Tesla Show? I mean, geez, I think it double. Uh, you may want to think about Lucid, which is launching its own electric car. That could be a substitute, but I'd prefer to stick with the real thing. Meanwhile, OnSemi has solidified its place as the must-buy chipmaker maker in the auto industry. I also like NXP Semi. They put it in a mixed quarter for the close. But I think it got unfairly dinged because the guidance for the current quarter looks very solid. That's a buy on the way down. Now, on the OnSemi conference call, Hussain el emphasized that the chief catalyst for buying new vehicles is... Well, if they're electrified, otherwise, they ain't going to buy new vehicles. Isn't that amazing? They just keep their cars unless they're electrified. You know who's that great news for? It's great news for Ford Motor, okay? Boy, have I been on the—I was reading my Twitter following the other day, and people are really happy that I keep mentioning it. Not anyway, Ford Motor, uh, this is run by Jim Farley, okay? And he's on a mission to electrify as much of his fleet as possible, including the iconic F-150 pickup truck, he did not electrify the Detroit Lions yesterday, just so you know. Now, this should be an electric version uh, by this time next year, or if, if not earlier, if you can get the chips and the parts and all that other stuff. Hence, the 5% advance in that stock, one of the largest in my charitable trust, which we talk about in our CBC Investment Club bulletin so often, because I believe in Ford so much. But Jim Farley's is a different kind of CEO. You'd believe in him, too, if you just follow what he says. All right, anyway, I'm going to give you a bonus play, Rivian. That's the Amazon-backed electric vehicle maker that's about to come public. Hey, by the way, Ford owns a big chunk of that one. I'm hearing that Rivian could get a $60 billion valuation, but, you know, that's going to prove to be too low. Why? Because Tesla's got a $1.2 billion valuation. Next, second Megatrend. Someone connected the first. I'm talking about the reason electric vehicles are so popular now. The environment, not just trees, people. But I am focused on trees because the left and right seem to agree on that. Suddenly, the business community actually cares about stopping climate change. And maybe because it's getting uh, bad enough that it could conceivably jeopardize their customer base in the not-too-distant future. Maybe it's because of these new MSCI rankings. Maybe it's because the SEC is going to start looking at this stuff. Whatever the reason, tons of companies are trying to shrink their carbon footprint. So we need to embrace the alternative energy plays. Now, I've been a huge believer in hydrogen fuel cells. I know it's early, even though we don't have a way to produce clean hydrogen on the cheap. Plug Power makes these fuel cells, and its stock broke out today, jumping nearly 9%. How many times have I had Andy Marsh on? People say, why do you keep having on?" I'll tell you why. Because the stock goes higher. Now, it's still a revenue story, not an earnings story. I'm betting the, cheap, the clean energy believers will keep buying this one through the end of the year. Now, meanwhile, I got another one. I mean, I don't talk about this one nearly enough, and it's called Enphase Energy. No one talks about it enough. I could just do nothing to talk about this stock. This is a residential solar juggernaut. It saw its stock rally 54% last month. Yeah, last month. Again, I'm a simple man looking for simple ideas, so I don't want to go beyond the zone of Enphase to pick something further down the food chain. For those of you who want to call and ask about Jinko or Yingling or First Solar, I say forget about it. When I want a Yingling, I'll make it one of these babies. All right. There will be bids underneath Enphase every single time it goes lower, and that's when you can pick some up. Call it the second most anointed after Tesla. Theme number three. Metaverse. I know a lot of younger people are extremely dubious about this idea, but I am younger than they are. And it just sounds like the Internet with a virtual reality headset. Do we have a headset? Does someone have a headset on? Maybe we can show what a virtual reality headset is. Oh, no, that's a director's headset. All right. But Wall Street, you're a loser. Got to have one of those. that looks like, you know, Anyway, you're not a loser. You're a big winner. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. I'm going to get ridden up. I'm going to get ridden up for saying that. That's something that's a technical term means that you're a bad boy. Anyway, Wall Street can't get enough of this idea. All right. Not enough. Mega, meta, meta, mega. Look at this. You could just literally just take this and go there like a spelling test, you know. Uh, the load of Facebook has transformed itself into the sainted meta platforms. And now the stocks worry. Can you imagine? It was going like this and then it went like this. Everyone told me if they renamed it, wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. Well, I'll take that more than I'll take that. OK, I'm a simple man looking for simple themes. Now, uh, a name change shouldn't matter. But Mark Zuckerberg has changed the narrative. Mark. See, I don't call him Silk or any of that stuff. Z, I call him Mark. Nvidia, which makes the graphic cards that would power the metaverse. Well, let me tell you something. It saw its stock rally twenty three percent last month. Unity, the video game software company with the metaverse kicker, has been on fire. I'd like to come up with a better name for this concept. But what matters is that Wall Street has anointed it. So it works for the next two months at the very least. I'm giving you the best of best of best because I don't want you to have second best of best of best of. Theme four. The cloud—that amorphous place where we store all of our data—you know—you only know the cloud as if you like lost your Apple phone, okay? But it's all over the place. Lots of players are here: the ubiquitous NVIDIA, that's two for two; the fabulous AMD for semiconductors; uh, Microsoft's AMD was downgraded today, and the stock went up. What does that tell you? Uh, Microsoft for the cloud infrastructure, Salesforce because it goes higher all the time, and Adobe for creative creativity. And let's throw in Snowflake for analytics. These are the brothers of the cloud, and I'd leave the raggedy rest to others. Finally, yeah, let's do really boring and basic for the people who haven't heard any of the things I've just said. We're going to give you some energy stocks. Uh, Even if oil and gas prices come down, they're going to buy these stocks. I doubt crude will sink to the 60s before the end of the year. Uh, You want yield? Go with Chevron. You want variable dividends and good growth? That's just Pioneer, Nat, and uh, Devin, They report this week. They're all on a roll, and it won't be stopped by a president who wants to stop oil companies from drilling here Uh, uh, on federal land, hey, the less they drill, the higher the price goes. That said, I think it's a little ridiculous that the White House practically is begging OPEC to pump more at the same time that they're clamping down on our companies from drilling in federal lands. Bottom line, I'll give you more anointed themes as November goes on, because this is one of my, in 16 years, the beginning of November is when I always do this, and everybody really loves it. So I wanted to give you my preliminary list early so you have some time to do homework and take action on your own electric cars, alternative energy, the metaverse, the cloud, and old-fashioned oil and gas. If you want to see an old-fashioned headset, look at this. Am I allowed to touch that? That's an old-fashioned headset. I'm talking about something entirely different. I'm talking about the metaverse, Mark. Gail in Illinois. Gail. Yes. Gail.
4: Hello, this is Gail from Illinois.
3: Hi, Gail. Hi, Jim. What's up?
4: I wanted to ask you what your thoughts were uh, regarding,
0: uh, is it P-L-T-O, Pertillo's?
3: Patillo, you say patillo, I um, okay, now you know what? I hate to be stumped at the absolute top of the show, but man, I've been submarineing with fatty by the patillo. Um, you know, I got the patillo treatment on that it's a restaurant chain, but that's about all I know about it and there's and it's it's located in Oakbrook, which there's another rest, uh, burger chain there in Oakbrook that I like a lot. it's called McDonald's. How about James in Florida James Hello,
1: Jim. I'm interested
3: in Cisco Systems. They seem to have a lot of cash on hand, and they're coming yep. out with a program they're called Cisco Plus. Right. And they're also doing some work with halogen. I was wondering, uh, do you think this uh, stock is starting to show no. some signs of life? I think it's a very inexpensive stock that is going to have an acceleration as its business goes into more subscription. If that can't happen fast enough, I think the stock, which is owned by my travel trust, you can follow along if you join the our investment club easily has 10% move without a problem. Okay, look, guys, I'm going to hit these every single day for the next two weeks because this is the anointed list, all right? I want you to keep your eye on these themes. Every year, people say thank you for giving us these November themes. They work all the way to the year end. All Mad tonight. Everything's brought up by XPO Logistics uh, this year. GXO Logistics is coming on to its first holiday season as a public company. Will it emerge a winner? I don't know. Put it tonight. Looks like a good number. Let's check in with the top brass. Then supply chains all across the country continue to experience tightness. So I'm hearing more about the government's plan to tackle this crisis with Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. She's working for you. And a few weeks ago, we covered Element Solutions as a homework name. And after reporting a top and bottom line beat for the third quarter, we're learning more about the specialty chemicals company from the CEO. I want you to stay with these themes, okay? And I want you to stay with Kramer. Today we got a great quarter from GXO Logistics, the supply chain and logistics outsourcing business that was spun out by XPO Logistics just a few months ago. At a time when everybody's focused on the supply chain, it's still wondered the stock has rallied from $60 when it was spun off in August to north of $90 today. It is a pure play on supply chain. And it looks like GXO's first quarter as an independent entity was excellent. Company delivered a 5-cent earnings beat off a 51-cent basis, higher than expected sales, and management raised the four-year forecast. Will that be enough to keep propelling the stock higher? hired for this big run? We'll find out tomorrow morning when GXO holds its conference call. But before then, we get a sneak peek at that call with Malcolm Wilson, the CEO of GXO Logistics. Mr. Wilson, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for
6: having me on the show, Jim.
3: Okay, so sir, you had a magnificent quarter, strong first quarter as an independent company, 25% top line, 100% earnings per share growth. Uh, Can you tell us how you were
6: able to have such magnificent growth? You know, Jim, it's about doing what we've been doing with all of our big blue chip customers. We've been giving a great service, super reliable services to everybody, even in the current environment. That's so important, delivering for our customers a great peak season, which is right upon us now. And the most pleasing thing that I've seen in the last months is we've signed over a billion dollars of new business. Uh, that's coming on top of existing new business, 4 billion year-to-date. That's setting us up for a great 2022.
3: But what's the, yeah, can you give me a sense of what the aggregate lifetime value of a new customer contract would mean?
6: It can be anything ranging from $100,000 up to multiple tens of millions of dollars. In fact, our largest whale uh, size of contract, over a billion dollars. And the average term of our contract is around five years. That gives us great runway of visibility for our future business. And that's why, you know, we can look forward into 2022 so positively.
3: All right. Now, a lot of companies are, are telling us be, be careful supply chain issues. There's a ton of retailers. This is uh, we're very close to the holiday season and Abercrombie, a Gucci, H&M, Zara, uh, Saks. These are all blue chip companies for you. How are you feeling about the holidays for these companies?
6: Well, we've been working so closely with all of our customers. We've been planning with them for months and months. In that process, you know, deploying more and more automation across our warehouses, in North America we've been recruiting 10,000 new GXO employees. And the great thing is a lot of those employees, employees are going to stay with us through into 2022. They're going to be helping us establish all the implementations for those new businesses that we've been talking about. But for sure, a lot of disruption, a lot of cargo now flowing into the warehouses, and that's right in our wheelhouse. We're going to turn that cargo, those products around quickly, get them to the consumer. We had Prologis on last week, and it's the largest warehouse company, and they were saying that
3: if you want to put factories, you want to put warehouses near the consumer, now you have to build
6: vertically. Uh, that must have a ton of GXO in it if you do it vertically. It does indeed, and you know, our GXO Direct product is a great product for that. It allows us to place our Customers' products very close to the consumer, enabling them to do an overnight, a same-day delivery. It's really a big success for us. But overall, 900 locations on a global basis. This year alone, we're establishing 75 new warehouses for customers. That's the scale of what we're doing. And we're a huge real estate renter, one of the top 10 in, in, in a global basis. Oh, Really? I mean, explain that to me.
3: Why do you need that? This is just, I mean, I know you're in many different countries. In every country, you're
6: doing the same thing? Absolutely. We've got no slow environment anywhere globally. Our, our business overall is doing very well. But North America, it's a supermarket for us at the moment. We're winning lots of new contracts, lots of new organizations deciding to outsource for the very first time. And that's really good news for us. It allows us to demonstrate. Our, the benefits of working with GXO, all that technology, all those robotics, it's really uh, creating a big benefit for our blue chip customers. So what are you hearing about this season? I mean, are we, So it sounds like that Christmas is going to happen. Christmas is definitely happening. I can say that with certainty. You know, I spent the last month traveling around North America, visited some of the superb GXO sites. Some of the standout sites, you know, hundreds and hundreds of collaborative robots, of goods-to-person robots, but in every warehouse also, you have lots of GXO team members. In, In some of our largest, several thousand. When you put all of this together, it's an absolute winning combination. So that's why I'm confident that as those inventories are now flowing into our warehouses, we're able to very rapidly, very precisely, reliably, send those goods out to the consumer. And that's why I'm sure Christmas is definitely going to happen. Well, that's
3: good news. Now, when you were with XPO, you were doing terrific internally. What has it meant to you that you're independent now?
6: You know, it's allowing us to just focus all of their attention on the warehousing space or how we deploy our capital. More and more of what we do is connected to automation, to robotics, big pace. Robot arms, deep seated automation in our facilities. So we're able to more precisely apply the resources of the organization to suit our customers, our blue chip customers, and of course, our investors, the people who invest the money in GXO.
3: Well, I've got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. Now, I know some people are going to say that the EBITDA there was a lag in EBITDA. You know, that was only up 15 percent year over year versus your your sales growth. Anything I need to worry about? Because if there's going to be a fly in the ointment. Someone's going to say the EBITDA didn't grow enough.
6: Yeah, no, no, nothing to worry about. Our business is very strong, growing. We're still benefiting, Jim, from those big three secular tailwinds. That's about more and more companies are outsourcing their logistics, more e-commerce. So many of our customers are converting over to more e-fulfillment. And, of course, we're deploying so much new innovative tech into our warehouses, robotics, collaborative robots. And then on top of that, of course, We've got all of that new business that's been signed this year that's going to channel in to 2022. It's setting 22 up for a very strong year of growth. Oh, that's
3: terrific. I'm writing down all these because these are more of some of the uh, mega themes that I'm trying to focus on between here and year end. I want to thank Malcolm Wilson, CEO of GXO Logistics. Thank you so much, Malcolm, for coming on Med Money. Thank you, Jim. Because I'm trying to present stories that Fit into your wheelhouse. How many times you about supply chain? Well, we just showed you the premier supply chain problem solver and it's GXO. That money's back in there. Coming up.
1: From supply chain scares to the G20, investors are hungry for economic indicators. Lucky for us, Kramer's opening up the cabinet. The Commerce Secretary joins Mad Money
3: Yesterday, the Biden administration announced a trade agreement with the European Union. We're replacing the Section 232 tariffs on aluminum and steel with a quota, allowing Europe to sell similar volumes to what they sold us in the past. In exchange, Europe's getting rid of some of these retaliatory tariffs. They were a little ridiculous. They were imposed during the Trump administration, including motorcycles and bourbon. That's great news for Harley Davidson and Brown Foreman. More importantly, the EU is going to cooperate with our government to crack down on China's steel and aluminum dumping. I've always said that we can't truly get the Chinese government to behave unless we get the rest of the world to help us push back against their unfair trade practices. So this was the logical end goal of the trade war. It was Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo who led these negotiations, getting us exactly what we needed. Needed. So let's go directly to the source to get a closer look. Secretary Armando, welcome back to Man Money. Nice to see you. How are you doing? I am good, Madam Secretary. I hope the same. This was a big win, I felt, for American industry, particularly for Midwestern industry. So tell us what we got and what we had to give up.
4: Yeah, it is a huge win. It's a big win. Uh, the president asked Catherine Tai and I to get on this right away to resolve it. We've run a really good process over the past number of months And it's a a big win for the steel industry, steel workers uh, for America, and frankly, an investment in our transatlantic relationship. So what did we give up? You know, what did we get? What we got is we got rid of 50 percent tariffs that were supposed to start on December 1st on bourbon, Harley-Davidson, Levi's. As you say, ridiculous tariffs that would have crippled these industries, Uh, but also we maintained the steel tariffs, so that our workers and steel industry are protected from dumping into our markets uh, cheap steel from China. So it's it's really a win-win. Also, Jim, as you know, steel prices are high. You know, they're sky high right now. Steel prices have gone up three, four times in the past year, which is continuing to wreak havoc in our supply chain. So by, you know, allowing three, 3.3 3 million tons of steel to come in from Europe tariff free, consumers are going to see that. You're going to see lower steel prices, which, of course, goes into cars and trucks and washer machines. It's so anyway, all the way around, it's a, it's a big win.
3: All right. Now, let's talk about something else that you're capturing that I think is really vital. When I look at the semiconductor situation, I was shocked. I did a lot of work today on Taiwan Semi in preparation, talking with you. Uh, that literally 75% of our autos, 75%, that's what they have right now. they totally captive. Global Foundries is willing to work, American, but I know it's owned by, a, in large part, by an Asian company. But they're, they're here, and they're willing to work with, say, Ford. I know Ford's deeply committed to them, other automakers. If you can get somehow that bill, the $52 billion, out of Congress, doesn't everybody want that bill out of Congress?
4: I would say yes, but, you know, there's a lot going on in Congress right now, in case you haven't noticed. And, you know, I love your kind of zeal for the issue, but, but still we have education to do. Uh, in fact, today, earlier today, I was speaking with members of Congress about the CHIPS Act, explaining how important it is. People, I think, still don't fully understand what a big deal this is. I mean, you just said it yourself. Often people say... Only 12% of America's chips are made in America. That is scary. Much scarier is that 0% of the leading-edge chips are made in America, and we rely upon Taiwan for 70% of those chips. So, you know, three weeks ago, the Chinese military is intensifying their flyovers over Taiwan. We need to make chips in America. And I am extremely focused on getting this through Congress and getting to work incentivizing chip manufacturing in America. Arguably, it's the most important thing that we can be working on right now since chips underpin everything. It's, it's everything, Jim. It's in, your, it's in your vacuum cleaner. It's in your Peloton. It's in your car, in, uh, you know, artificial intelligence, military weapons. It's the complete, uh, you know, bedrock of a digital economy.
3: Well, we also, I think, if we're going to be, uh, let's say, more advanced, we, need, we do need some sort of incentive for electric vehicles. It's not enough what we have now. It's really important for green skies, really important for American jobs. Where are we there?
4: Uh, it, same thing. In process, I agree with you. The uh, president agrees with you. We do need to move faster uh, towards adoption, also, we need charging stations, you know, the president's calling for big investments to to have charging stations everywhere that incentives are important, as you say, but also people need to know that they, they won't be stranded, they'll be able to get charged wherever they need to be. So we've got to move faster. And that's why the president's calling for these investments.
3: I'm beginning to believe that there actually is some progress being made in the ports, by the way. I know some people are pushing back to you saying there's really nothing going on. But I'm starting to hear that that's one part of the equation that we are beginning to do better on, obviously, early. But there's some substantive changes being done out there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. The ports are getting better. Um, again, none of these things can be fixed overnight. You know that supply chains are global. They're complex. Uh, So we have to be working on every aspect of it. I will say we see clear improvements in the ports, not overnight, uh, but the move to 24-7 was a help. You're now seeing some ports are um, charging a fee per container, containers left for too long. Uh, We're focused on the empty containers that are sitting and not being quickly enough recycled. Rest assured that we're doing everything in our power in the administration on every detail, to push through this logjam and working hand in glove with industry. You know, fundamentally the private sector uh, has to solve this and we're working in partnership with them. But you're absolutely right, we're seeing progress. We're seeing progress in a number of things. I mean, since I first came on your show, lumber prices are down significantly. I'm telling you today about a big deal getting rid of steel tariffs. Consumers will see that flow through in steel prices. Uh, we're seeing progress
3: on ports. We just have to stick with it and stay at it. Well, the last one is just to circle back to the chips. Uh, the, my people in the industry say it's two years, even if you got approved today. Two years. It's too long. Is there anything we can do to go faster? Is there anything we can do to make it so that we're not as dependent on Taiwan? Seventy five percent of the U.S. auto workers, people connect with that industry, could lose their jobs. I'm not kidding. They could lose their jobs. You don't get this right. That's every state in the union. Yeah, no,
4: God, I thought I had a lot of pressure before coming into this interview, but now you're doubling down on the pressure. Um, Look, we have to work with our allies. We have to work with our allies: uh, South Korea, Japan. uh, We have to work with them. Europe, uh, making sure you know if we can't onshore, these you know can be friend short or near shore. I do think, though, beyond that, there's. Look, it takes a year and a half to build the new fab soup to nuts, but there are ways that we're looking into to boost production in certain areas, and we are very focused on that, none of which is a substitute for passing the CHIPS Act as fast as possible and letting us get to work. To, to really boost supply here in America.
3: Well, I have total faith and confidence that you'll get this done. It's the most important thing you'll be able to do as Commerce Secretary, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Ms. Romano. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Jim. That's Secretary Romando. She's the Commerce Secretary. It's the first visible Commerce Secretary. i can, I got to go back about 50 years before I remember any Commerce Secretary's name. It says something. money back after the break.
1: Coming up, we did our homework on this chemical turnaround play. Now, Kramer goes for a little extra credit. The CEO of Element Solutions joins the show next.
3: Bottom line, I think Element Solutions is a solid turnaround story, even if there are cleaner ways to play these themes. Still, you got my blessing to put on a small position here, and if it pulls back, you can always buy more. As you just heard, a few weeks ago, we covered a little specialty chemicals company. Not a lot of coverage for this one, by the way. Called Element Solutions. It was a homework item. And I did give you my blessing, as you just heard, to put on a small position for speculation because we thought it was cheap. Now, for those of you who don't remember, this is actually a roll-up. It's formerly known as Platform Specialty Products. Went through a tough period a few years ago. Under New Magic, though, it's become a really impressive turnaround story. While the stock hasn't done much since we highlighted it in October, which is good for you if you're interested, last week Element Solutions reported yet another strong Quarter, although the guidance for the current quarter was let's just say it was messy. I think it's an interesting story. As I said, this exposed to some excellent end markets. It's one that deserves a closer look. So we got luckier because Ben Glicklich, who is the turnaround artist president CEO, wants to come on and talk for Element Solutions. We gotta learn more about what he's thinking here. Mr. Glicklich, welcome to Mad Money.
6: Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on the show.
3: You know, we were impressed as a way. We're always looking for companies that are deeply involved in, uh, in the auto business, involved in some great secular trends, including 5G. And then a company comes along like Element Solutions. Now, we knew you as Platform. Could you just give us the, uh, the metamorphosis and how you got these end markets?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the question. Um,
3: when we sold the ag businesses out
7: of Platform Specialty products, we could have sold what is now Element Solutions, at a nice premium to where it was trading but we saw so much value in this that we decided to stick around build and make this business better and that's what we've been doing with element solutions we're three years in great end markets great performance and a lot of runway to continue to grow
3: so, Talk to me about automotive, because I like the fact What's it's about a quarter, but it seems actually it's driving a lot of people's interest in element solutions. So give us that up, both the electronics, assembly solutions and auto, because there's so much going on here that it's difficult for me to keep track of, frankly.
7: Yeah, absolutely. So when you covered the company a few weeks ago, you talked about diversification. In reality, while we are a diversified business, about 90 percent of our company does two things. It does electronics chemicals, about 60% is electronics, and the balance is industrial surface treatment. So those are products that are used in cars and in other applications to decorate and protect. And so a lot of that is in the auto space, and that's a growth business for us. Even though there's some headwinds in the current quarter, demand is really strong, and content value per vehicle is growing. So even with flat auto, we're gonna see growth because there's more electronics and there's more decorative content in every car. When you talk about electric vehicles, we have even more exposure and it's an even better story. We have one and a half to two times the value on an electric vehicle versus an inter- internal combustion car. And obviously electric vehicle penetration is skyrocketing much, which becomes a great tailwind for us. Well, what are wet chemistries? <laughs> so wet chemistry is what we provide. We provide a, a technology and a process solution for our customers. It's applied through a series of bats. So what our customer gets from us in material form is a tank or a drum of a product. But the real value isn't in that material, it's not in the wet chemistry, it's in the technology and the service that we provide to our customers. So while we're paid for a material, the value is the service and the innovation we provide, which enables our customers high value products
3: to perform, whether that's a
7: smartphone or a car.
3: So, is that uh, where does uh, circuitry solutions fit into that? So, our circuitry solutions business
7: is a market leader in the very attractive niche market of printed circuit board manufacturing. So, we talk a lot or you hear a lot about the semiconductor market and how well that's performing. All those chips need to go onto printed circuit boards. And we provide the chemistry that allows for those circuit boards to work. And there's a great deal of innovation in the circuit board space, just like the semiconductor space. It's just
3: a nichier market, so you don't hear about it as much. Well, what? I'm going to go into this why you don't hear about it. I mean, you're in the, the key end markets. But when we think about these markets, we do not think about a company like Element Solutions. I mean, DuPont's got a business like this. Ed Breen has often trumpeted his semiconductor business. I mean, you're connected to 5G. You've got Assembly Solutions for 40%. Uh, you're a huge part of metal content. And I just kind of am trying to explain to people Like, when we looked at you, we couldn't figure out how to describe you. Now, you did give us that 90 percent thing. But, I mean, in some ways, you're not an animal that anybody follows. My friend Frank Mitch at Fermium, he says, oh, yeah, they're interesting, but he doesn't follow you. How do people get comfortable with Element Solutions?
7: So we're a market leader in attractive niche markets. But you're right, they're niche markets. The way folks can get comfortable with our business is you look at our performance. You look at the secular trends driving our business. And the execution to date we're focused on running the great businesses we have better every single day and deploying the incredibly strong cash flows that these businesses generate to compound earnings per share we've done that in the first three years as element solutions we've doubled earnings per share in three years and we've got a great runway organically growing these businesses because of the secular trends and the way we've been executing and inorganically by deploying in excess of 300 million dollars of free cash flow that these businesses generate every year in smart ways to the benefit of shareholders.
3: So, how do you be sure that your company uh, get that the stock gets the benefits of all this? Because if I were running a company, I'd say, you know what, I got to make an acquisition. I got extra cash. Oh, this Element Solutions. I'll pick them off. That'll make people feel that I'm more involved in telco, more involved in in auto. I mean, this, isn't that what happens if you don't get the stock price up?
7: We're very focused on running these businesses better every day and deploying this cash flow in smart ways. We view uh, what is a relatively cheap equity from our perspective. We're trading at more than a 6% free cash flow yield on next year's cash flow. We view that as an opportunity to compound earnings per share. We're in this for the long run. We're building value, intrinsic value every day through the way we're running these businesses. And we see a huge amount of upside through organic execution and also capital allocation, which has been a really great arrow in our quiver in our first three years, and will continue to be.
3: Well, you know we agree with you. That's how we came to you, and I'm really glad you came on the show. I want to thank Ben Glicklitz. He's president and CEO of Element Solutions, ESI. Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. Thanks very much. Great well, to be here. Again, we're trying to bring you these stories. They're out-of-the-way stories. They're not over-promoted. People don't know them. They're very inexpensive, and that describes ESI perfectly. Man Bunny's back after the break.
1: Up. A storm is coming, so give us a call. Kramer's got the answers to all your burning questions. The lightning round is next.
3: It is time, it's time for the lightning. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Steve, Dad? over to the lightning round. Let's in New York. Alan. How are you? I'm good. How, How are, you? are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for all you do. Last time we spoke, I called in for hot core. Tonight, my story is SKM. Zuckerberg says we have to wait 10, 15 years for Metaverse. Get it now with SKM. It's the largest mobile carrier in South Korea. It's <laughs> the it's good. It's good. It's just that, you know, my problem is is that I don't like the, the carrier business. It's just, it's getting competitive. I'm not sure about how much competitive it is in Korea, but the growth is not there. Uh, if you want Metaverse, yeah, you got to own the old Facebook. Let's go to Kyle in Pennsylvania. Kyle! Hey, Mr. Kramer. How's it going? All right. How are you? I'm all right. Um, so my question
7: is about Eventbrite. So with the NASDAQ at all-time highs and with uh, Live Nation at all-time highs. Eventbrite is still uh, trailing a little bit. Uh, What are your thoughts on Eventbrite?
3: Yeah, I mean, everyone is a platform as a service company, aren't they? But then again, this company has event planning. It's got great management. What do we do? We have to speak to Julia Hart. She runs it. Let's get her on the show. I'm going to book her personally. All right, why not? Let's go to Chris in Michigan. Chris! Hello, Jim Cramer. Hey, My Chris. Name is Chris. Hello. Hi. I am a long watcher of Mad Money. Tim, I need your opinion on ticker symbol WIRE. W-I-R-E. What oh, jeez. You know, I, Wire. WIRE has been an up and down stock from day one. And it is now in the up mode. But it is going parabolic. This stock is parabolic. And I am not going to recommend a parabolic stock right here. It's too dangerous. And people get hurt. Can I speak to... It's like... I think the Sean in Wisconsin. It'll be
6: Sean. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. Calling uh, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My stock today is Origin Materials. They are a carbon negative uh, alternative for bottles, apparel, and asphalt. They recently said their orders book tripled to $3.5 billion. They have new partners, including Ford Motor, uh, PepsiCo, and Primaloft works with Nike and Adidas. Uh, we have to do have...
3: work on origin materials. I don't understand why the stock has been going down, 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 when everyone in its cohort is going up, up, up. O-R-G-N, homework item. And that, ladies and of the Lightning Round. The Lightning
1: Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, it's a good time to be a member of the CNBC Investing Club. Kramer explains why now, more than ever, the home gamer should feel at home in the market. Next. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus, special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors.
3: The red flag that makes you drop a stock immediately is...
1: It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com.
3: This is the best time to be an individual investor in 22 years. Yep, you got to go back to 1999 to see another period like this one. Back then, if you bought stuff you liked that made sense to you, then you made money practically overnight. Have a fascination with the Internet? You could go buy the stock of Yahoo. Buy, buy, buy! If aggregates approved, why not own some Pfizer? Buy, buy, buy! Back then, it was very easy to find winners, and the same thing's happening right now. Consider the case of Tesla... The electric vehicle Kingpin now has a, what, $1.2 trillion valuation, even though it only delivered 241,000 cars in the third quarter. Okay, sure, multiply by four and you get an auto company that could sell a million cars in a year. But that's still only a fraction of what the other auto companies make, even as Tesla's market capitalization is larger than the rest of the industry combined. Yet it doesn't matter. After all these years, there still isn't much in the way of competition. Adam Jonas, the prescient, and I have to admit, really kind of funny, cool Morgan Stanley analyst who covers the industry, gave an nod to Ferrari today. They're ramping production of electric vehicles, and they're sold out to it for two years. Jonas thinks Ferrari can give Tesla a run for the money. However, it seems like every time someone takes a ride in Tesla, or, or, or even if they see one, they see one driving by them, they go buy the stock. I mean, that is just like the 90s. You see something great. So you buy the stock. It's the greatest story ever told. And it quickly makes you money because the good news is never fully baked in. We've been recommending this since the, was it was at $50. It's now $1,209. But it takes a special kind of undisciplined investor to keep buying a stock on the same news. The kind of person who's willing to suspend their critical faculties as they buy hand over fist. But that's not necessarily a criticism, though. This is a moment where the undisciplined do better than the discipline. Because they're not bound by the traditional metrics that are holding back big institutions from buying stocks like this. Of course, it's not just Tesla. I want you to take a look at Netflix. If you're one of the millions who love Squid Game, I'm only on episode six. You may have wanted to buy the stock when you discovered the show. And if you did that, well, guess what? You've got a big win. Bye bye bye. <laughs> But when professional money managers look at Netflix, they compare it to other entertainment companies and they find it wanting. The last quarter was merely good, not great. Unfortunately, that kind of rigorous analysis is causing you to miss out some great opportunities because there are so many home gamers who just don't care. They love the company. They love the productions. They love Squid Games. I prefer to watch it not dubbed. I think you miss the whole motion thing. And then you might not even buy the stock. All right. Then there's NVIDIA. Which rallied 23% this past quarter, thanks to the strength of its incredible graphics chips. Every time you hear someone tout the metaverse, the matrix-like virtual world that so many tech executives believe will be the future of the industry, as I said at the top of the show, you need to remember that this whole thing would be powered by NVIDIA's chips. The metaverse, no, it's not fleshed out yet. There's not even a product, but all these stocks are flying. Now, I know these winners seem obvious and therefore too easy. But this playbook hasn't really worked in decades because the retail investor has been gone for so long. Of course, you don't buy these stocks after such huge runs if you believe in any discipline whatsoever. Unless it's the discipline of gaming retail investors who keep buying the stocks of companies they love. My view... I salute the individual investors who are trading this way. They've changed the character of the entire market, and they're making a bundle in the process. I hope these names stay strong through the end of the year. But please, one thing you have to remember, everyone who is riding these, and again, I salute you, bulls make money, bears make money, but hogs, they get slaughtered. Admittedly, I'm feeling a little hoggish right now because the charitable trust still owns NVIDIA even though it's among the greatest stories ever told. The Sox had a monster run, and it's just plain irresponsible not to take something off the table. But I haven't been able to. Anyway, i like to say, there's always a bull market summer, and I promise to try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.
4: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses,